Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in wide. Close by Bishop. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast on the 16th of October 2021. So we're recording this in pretty much the immediate aftermath of defeat at Dens Park. It's not going to be really like the debriefs. It's going to go into a little bit more detail, but probably not much more detail because we're probably not in the mood for much more detail than that. Um, I think 20-25 minutes on this shambles will be quite enough. So to emphasise the fact it's not just the debrief, it's not just myself and Martin on tonight. Lewis Walker's with us tonight as well. Hi Lewis. Hello, good to... Well, no, it's not good to be here, is it? <laughs> In the circumstances. The circumstances aren't good to have you back on, nonetheless. Um, and if you want anyone to blame uh, for this podcast tonight, it's Lewis. Anyway, um, so where do we start with that? Then? The, the most glaring, most obvious thing for me that jumps out from Stephen Glass's record isn't necessarily the fact that it's five straight defeats, ten without a win, etc., etc., it's now one clean sheet in the 22 games he's had in charge. And Martin, we, we've been over the individuals. We've been over the errors they make. And we'll, we'll come to a couple more tonight, no doubt. But the system that first got exposed so brutally by Dundee United in the cup tie in what his second game in charge, it, it's still costing us week in, week out. Tonight, particular, no, to be that... No, we're looking. I know I've not watched sports scene. I don't know if they've done the edit. I don't know if there's better pictures than you know than what we saw. No, I'm, so I'm, I don't know if, if there was a hint of offside. No, they're they're obviously there. We're claiming it is. They're claiming it wasn't. But yeah, just this system. It's just it isn't it isn't working, and it hasn't worked all season. And the worry is that he's not looking. He's not really doing anything drastically different. We've, like you say, we've gone over the personnel. You know, we've gone over the fact you know it could be McCrory or Bates or or Gallagher. You know, obviously, yeah, we've 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 used the sob story excuse about Constantine being injured, but we've got we've got professional footballers there who are being asked to play a system, and they're either either they are unable to implement that themselves, or the instructions that they've been given on how to implement it aren't making enough sense. Now, the last time we recorded, I think I was, I wouldn't say positive about Stephen Glass, but I felt that he would be given given time. But you lose to St Mirren, you lose tonight in that manner where that was two pretty bad goals to lose again. And the clean sheets is the big, is the biggest issue. You know, we're 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 no, I'm not we're not knocking heaps of goals in, but we're scoring goals. No, we're able to get up the end and get the ball in the net, but just the, the manner of the goals that we're losing is. Just it, it it can't go on. You know, there needs to be something done, and I'm not talking about whether that's to change a manager or something like that. I'm talking something where they they surely should be working at something 
to implement a, a system or a, a way of defending on the training pitch that they can they can then take into games because some of the goals we've 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 conceded this season in particular are some of the worst I've seen us concede in in years. It is pretty foot shooting. I mean, if Lou, if um, Lee Griffiths is on side for that ball, and we have to assume he was, then Bates's failure to to at least match the run is pretty pretty glaring. But Lewis, he isn't helped by the fact that every single time teams have got it sussed, just a quick ball in the fullback areas over the top of the centre backs is going to put us in trouble after a quick turnover of possession every single time. Yeah, you're spot on. It is every single week now. It's like such an obvious um, failing of us that every week it's the same same people saying it. Like it's not just like it's an open secret that in behind the fullback is where to where to hit us. It it did look offside, but obviously we, it's no excuse and we can't tell by the Patriots. But it's just such an easy goal, and that one clean sheet in his entire reign is, I mean, that's just mental, like absolutely mental. And he, he didn't inherit. An amazing squad, but what he did inherit was his defence. It was steady, and to go like such the polar opposite now is it's yeah it's just glaring. Yeah, I mean, and of course you could excuse that if we were firing in three or four goals every week, but we're exactly. absolutely not. He might point to the fact that fullback has got the assist tonight, just like a fullback's had the assist I think for the last three or four goals, although they've been from set pieces. So he might point to the fact that that system is working maybe to a degree in an attacking sense but if it's so open and this is one of the worst teams in the league there's just a stubbornness about it isn't there Lewis to not want to change your principles even though it's fairly clear that even not the best teams not even the mid-ranking teams but the worst teams in this league are able to get success against you Exactly five straight defeats against yeah completely average teams other than Celtic even then Celtic aren't a great team at the moment and like you said before, it, you can sort of forgive poor defending if if we're like smashing goals and if we're scoring two, three, four, even creating chances. We had apparently 17 shots tonight. It did not look like 17 and it certainly never looked like we were going to score, to be honest. Yeah, whether it's stubbornness, whether it's naivety, whether he just simply does not know how to change. If he just come, he's come to Aberdeen with this idea of what he's playing and he doesn't know what else to do now. And he doesn't have the experience around him, which he clearly doesn't, on the bench. He has to do something like he's... I just saw his quotes um, after the game and it, he's running out of time, which I did not expect. I was I was positive about Glass um, and I was all being, you know, Glass half full, but it looks like it's coming to a halt pretty fairly quickly. Well, let's before we dive into the horror show that was uh, the second half, Martin, I want to talk a bit about that first half because... You know, you want your team, even though they're going to be low in confidence after the last few weeks. That's understandable. But again, a team coming to a venue, it's got a really good record at historically with a large away support, boozy away support, 6pm at night, good kickoff time for the atmosphere on the ground. You want to see them try and grab the initiative, grab the game, really take the game to the opposition. There wasn't really anything about that, was it? It was listless, it was passive, I mean, just not gaining control of the, uh, of the key parts of the pitch. I mean, Charlie Adam, frankly, took the fucking piss in that first half. He absolutely did. Um, you know, I, I, I would assume he probably got no, not voted man of the match or whatever kind of crap awards they give out. But he did. He absolutely coasted it. And the thing is, you knew he would. 
you knew he would, because what does he do? You no, know, he's what's what's Sir Adam now? 34, 35, 36, whatever he is. He's not going to be running about the pitch. He's going to be just standing there, receiving the ball, distributing it, you know, to people that are in space. And he did, and he took it. He absolutely took the piss, um, particularly in the first half. Um, and you know, like you said, the game the game starts and you know, we've got a loud support down there, a really good kick off the kick off time to for create an atmosphere. And Dundee, you know, have a great chance within what 35, 40 seconds. Um, half decent save by by Woods, and we just never got going in the game. I think after that, it was just like you say, listless. Just kind of, you know, didn't get the kind of consistency of passing going. Um, when we did, it was kind of passing into kind of areas that really didn't you know, weren't causing it causing any danger. You know, we're trying to get try to do the same again. We don't get the two the two fullbacks up the pitch. Um, I thought that they did pretty well in kind of kind of stopping that. I mean, Lewis just mentioned there that we had seventeen shots on target. I mean, look, I'm not going to be going back and watching that game again, but I I don't know, fucking seventeen shots really. Um, that's you no, know, whatever they're classing as shots, then fair enough. But you no, know, we just the first half, yeah, we just we didn't get go- we didn't get going at all. We didn't try and impose. I don't think we tried to impose ourselves in the game. You no, know, we saw plenty of the ball, but. As we've no, this isn't just something we've been saying since the start of this season. We know it's all very well seeing plenty of the ball, but you've got to do something with it. Um, and you know, it seemed to be that when Dundee kind of managed to stop Ramsey and McKenzie, you know, being effective, getting forward and getting balls into the box a lot, and we had we had no other answer. So it was just kind of we're keeping the ball, knocking it about. Or they were kind of intercept it, intercept the ball and giving it to Charlie Adam, who would find somebody who has some legs, and they were they were getting into the better spaces, and it was it was it was actually quite embarrassing. It's a points of the first half. Nothing sums up the dedication to research analysis um, on the show uh, other than Martin saying, "I'm not going to be watching that again." Um, fair <laughs> enough. So uh, actually, at seventeen shots, I can buy because one of the notes I've got is we were taking shots usually from distance. But Dundee were getting defenders in the way. They were blocking it. They had a commitment to get in front of the ball and stop us uh, attacking their goal. Whereas their second goal, we had so many opportunities to do that ourselves. And it was like, after you, Claude. I mean, we talk, we'll talk about the first one. The first one is obviously going to attract a lot of attention because there's an easy scapegoat there. But the second for me is even worse. It is. It's just, it's just a non-existent defending. It's crap. The, the, the defence has been an issue all season. Well, obviously we know that, but the, the centre backs have been chopping and changing. None of them, none of the three, which is all we've got now, um, seems to be doing the right things. They don't know. They don't show enough presence. The well, to be quite honest, they're distinctly average footballers, all of them, and they're not good enough <laughs> at, at where we should be. And going back to you know, you sort of can forgive. Not forgive, but you know you can let slide conceding if you're scoring a lot more, and that was sort of what Glass was sold on. And I look back on you know why Cormac appointed Glass. He said it was high energy, attacking, dynamic, and pressing play, and we saw none of that today. It's back to the same kind of football that McInnes was playing at the end of his reign, which is you know bizarre. Like we're we're not getting the results, we're not getting the defence, and we're not getting the attack either, and. It's just yeah, all over the park. It's not working. 
Yeah, that's actually something that's been hugely overlooked, but the press hasn't been working since like the first couple of uh, weeks of the season, the first couple yeah. of games of the season. And, you know, on those European games, it's, it's often very difficult to really get a gauge of um, the standard of the opposition and therefore the standard that you are playing at. We did get back in the game, but Martin, that owed so much more to, to Dundee basically sitting back after getting 2-0 up than... Um, than anything really we did to try and take control of things. Uh, we, score, we score a nice goal. It's actually a really, really good finish from Ramirez and he's in the right area. Again, you know, that has been a positive to cling on to this season that he does seem to come alive in the box and he does seem as if he will get on the end of things and score some goals for you. But the fact is, 25 minutes after that goal, how many clear-cut chances, how many real chances did we create against, against again, a team sat bottom of the table? We had the Hedges shot, which was really a fairly straightforward save for their keeper. But that's pretty much it after it, wasn't it? A lot of the ball, but absolutely no penetration. Yeah, lots of the ball. I mean, what we allowed as well is that we allowed the game to get, <clears throat> get slowed down. And Dundee, you know, and to their credit, and I can't blame for doing it, just allowed the game to become a bit of a shitfest. You know, and there was there was fumbles. Obviously, there was the um, the bad injury when the tackle with Gallagher. I can't remember the guy's name. So there was you know, that obviously stopped the game, and we so we had what nine and a half minutes of added time on at the end. So, but you know, they they allowed it to you know little niggly fouls, or they were drawing us into causing fouls. You no, know, and under you no, know, okay, we've got a, we've got a new a, a new management team, but there's players players in that starting eleven tonight who are experienced footballers. And should and know how to stop a game getting just you no know, breaking down like that, um, and but we just we allowed Dundee to completely take control of it, and it comes from having I suppose it comes from them having experienced guys like, like somebody like you no know, Charlie Adam who just knows how to control a game and knows how to do the right things, and we allowed ourselves just to, just to the imp- the impact we got any kind of bounce that came from getting that goal back, you no know, within two three minutes. It was it was gone again, um, and you know Dundee just seemed to just Dundee just seemed to coast for the rest of it, and they did they did they did everything you would expect from a team that's bottom of the league that's that's leading the game. They absolutely they absolutely masterfully controlled the rest of the game. Yeah, Martin makes a really good point there, Lewis, and this is surely where you want Scott Brown to step up and show that example, not get involved in these little skirmishes, try and stop the game being played. The way Dundee want to get, uh, want to play it, and even you know you consider the fact that once again we had someone sent off from a bench. The lack of discipline and the, the easy, the easiness with which we're falling into opposition traps—it's amateur level. Like we can talk about Dundee's experience and Charlie Adam, but yeah, as you say, we we have Scott Brown right there. He's done well, done essentially as much as Charlie Adam in his career. We've got you know Lewis Ferguson, young, but he's a seasoned pro now in Scotland. Hayes, you know, we've got loads of experience ourselves. We, and that is that not a failing on our style and our strategy if we can't then, you know, if we're too stubborn, as we mentioned before, to create chances in different ways, that's a failing on, you know, on glass and what we're trying to do on the park as opposed to just, you know, like Dundee's experience. And um, it's just, it, it is amateur. What, what, what we're playing at getting all these guys on the bench red cards I don't know if they're trying to make an impression or it's bizarre it's it's not something that ever used to happen it's not something you see in other games Gordon, like Craig Brown was saying Gordon Marshall doesn't even swear when he's not in football yeah he's getting red cards on the bench for little you know it wasn't even a skirmish I think it was just talking to the ref it's, it, it is bizarre and it's, I mean 
that's often a bit of a cliche when when the discipline becomes ill um, on the pitch. That's a sign that things are going wrong and maybe it's a cliche for a reason. I don't know. What happens now then, Martin? Because, you know, I sat here in maybe January or February and uh, I was convinced that Derek McInnes would see out the season. Things can change quickly in football, but I'm equally convinced sat here tonight that Stephen Glass, nothing happens on the managerial front right now, nine league games into the season in October. But where do we go? Well, I, I said, when did we last record two weeks ago? I said then that I don't think they would they would get rid of him before, probably before, before Christmas, before January. Um I think that you look at the month that we've got coming up and, you know, you, you looked at the games that we've got and you probably thought that the best chance of getting some points was was tonight. That's not happened. We've got, no, we've got Hibs, Rangers, Hearts, and then even in even in November, the first game we've got is Motherwell. So it's, you know, it's the toughest possible run. I think even after that, it's like Dundee United and then Selic. We've got, it's all the top up, six. Next six yeah, games so are the top six. Jesus, I mean, that's a that's a nightmare of a run. No, if we, if, I mean they're they're not going to get rid of him tomorrow. It, it certainly looks looks like when you look at it now, it looks like it's not working. No, the experiment has failed. Um, you, you no, know, you called it straight away that you thought Stephen Glass would get the job. Um, you no, know, we cannot we supported it, but with a little bit of apprehension. Um, you've got you've got to say it's not, no. It's simple fact is it hasn't worked. I think that's it's it's too big a it's proven proven now, and. Given time, it might come good, but the problem is I don't think he has time. People are too people are too unsettled with it now, um, and going over those these next six games, we could I obviously want to see us win every game, but we could go on a, a pretty even worse losing streak than we're on, and people are going to be even more even more angry with it. Um, I think that you no, know, the mistakes have been made. You know, the jobs proved to be too big for him. I think that bringing in Bringing in coaching staff that don't have the right experience in Scottish football hasn't helped as well. We know with Russell and Henry Apolu, I think Cormac's made an absolute an absolute balls of this really. Um, and I desperately wanted Stephen Glass to, to do well. I desperately wanted him to, you know, prove all the prove all the doubters wrong because when when he first got the job and we're hearing all this stuff about uh you know the PE teacher from the you know, Atlanta B team and all this kind of stuff, I wanted him to stick it in people's faces. And that's not happening. You you look at this say these next six games, you know, make no mistake at them as it stands now we are very close to being in a relegation scrap, uh, and that absolutely terrifies me. Yeah, this team doesn't really seem to have the fortitude to uh, to really scrap it out in the style of uh, in the style that we're going to have to uh, if we're going to be where we are right now for the foreseeable future. Lewis, the phrase vanity appointment was uh, kicked about a few months ago. Not much has um, not much has changed in the interim to, to prove that wrong, has it? No, it, like like Martin just said, I and I hundred percent agree. I want I wanted this to this. It was a risk, but I wanted the risk to pay off. Like a young ex Aberdeen player to come in as manager and thrive. That's what we all wanted. But it just seems like the worst the worst fears that we had are coming to fruition now. Like. We all thought the same. You know, it could have gone two ways, um, but everything we were promised from the reasons behind the the appointment by Cormac, it's just, it's just not, it's not, not what it was. It's nothing's, nothing's going as it should have done, and how we were told it was going to go. I wrote in before, well, just after the appointment, was that he will always have that 
Glass will always have the fact that his mate has been has given him his job, and as soon as like you know a bad run of form comes, the fans that was on his side, like for I think we're all level-headed fans. We all wanted him to work. We might have thought there was a bit of risk behind it, but we'll give him time and things. But now like a run like this, and you just think how how can you how can you go from this? And that there was other fans given who were, you know, from the from the outset, they were against it because they saw it from for what they thought it was, like a, jo- a job for his mate, a job for the boys. And that, you know, that, that that's what it appears to have been. Yeah, the run of fixtures are scary. I don't know where, I don't know where, where you go. I mean, I don't think he'll get sacked, you know, imminently. Um, it might be that they, they give him this whole run of six fixtures because that might give someone new... Well, one, it gives them more time to find someone new and it prevents a new guy from having such a run himself. But Jesus, if we carry on this form with that run of fixtures, who knows where we'll be coming December. Um, it won't be pretty anyway. Yeah, I mean, everyone going on about this run of fixtures. I mean, lads, it's Hibs. It's Hibs next. Come on. Um, Martin, playing, obviously, playing devil's advocate here, but you know, didn't we say that there'd be a transition period? We knew there'd be a transition period. We all said at the outset it might get rough for, for a little while. Why then aren't we prepared to, to stick it out when it's uh, come along? Because I don't think any of us saw how rough it was going to be. Um, when you look at the look at it a league table, you know we're sitting on eight points, seeing shite like Dundee United and Hibs with you no know, nearly double the points that we have. I think you know being below St. Mur- being below St. Mirren in the league as well. And you know there were quite a lot of people who wanted their manager as the replacement for Derek McInnes, but instead. As, you, as the words you use there, the words you no know, the, van, the vanity appointment um, instead comes in and St Mirren are you no know, and okay it's only nine games into the season but St Mirren are sitting above us Dundee United are sitting above us Hibs are sitting above us fucking Hearts for Christ's sake you know people are impatient they're seeing it th- seeing things you know going going quite badly and you, the problem is that our supporters know yes we can be very fickle but when you look at it you, you I can't I can't see. You know where it's going to t- where it's going to turn around because the performances you know other than that first game of the season where I thought we were very good against Dundee United the other games have not been gr- other not been great we haven't you know haven't really impressed I mean even you know the Livingston game with that last minute you know that last minute winner you know we re- relied on that to get past Livingston then I think people are people are you know are seeing it for what it's what it is now and it's. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a big struggle, and it get, if it gets if it gets to Christmas, and you know we could be sitting a really bad, really bad position. I understand, and I said the same thing as you. I said, I said, well, we're going to need to be patient. You know, I would take a, I would take maybe a season of transition, but the problem is where we see ourselves now is there's transition and there's relegation scrap, and I I I, I fear that getting drawn into relegation scrap with that group of players. When some of them have clearly got their eye on the eye on the door in January, um, is going to be a really really tough spell. Completely agree with that. In terms of, I don't think we're seeing the green shoots that to make us. You know, this isn't a tran- This is turning into not a transition season. This is turning into a bit of a disaster. I think we'd have. Well, I personally would have taken a transition season, meaning fifth, sixth, and then young players coming through. We see signs of good football. Signs that glass is improving. Blah blah blah. But as Martin said there, I think we're all now seeing it as just as it is now, and it's yeah, it's not good. I just think back in 
March when the appointment was made. I think there was a lot of the positivity around Stephen Glass was because it was something entirely different from, from Derek McInnes. You know, you look around at the sort of managers who might still come into the equation now and um, a lot of people would have been unhappy if we'd gone for, say, Alex Neal back then. He would have been seen just as a sort of continuity McInnes appointment. Does he seem now a lot more appealing? Yeah, in a way. I mean, I've just had this conversation with my mates. It's, it is like the names that will get banded about are they going to be the same names as it was before and it is going to be the same sort of reaction of, oh, well, you know, same old, same old. Goodwin was actually, I'll be honest, top of my list before Glass because I think he's got the potential to be a very good manager, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know where we go from here. It's, it feels like a real watershed moment tonight, I think, for a lot of fans. Because today, I think today became an almost must win because of the fixtures ahead of us. And the fact that we got beat so timidly is, um, has made a lot of fans think twice. Yeah, because Martin, it really was two teams who went into it desperately needing a result. And we just weren't able to impose ourselves at any point during the game, even when really the momentum should have been on our side after after getting the goal back to make it 2-1. So I think that's going to cause a lot of frustration. There's been a two-week wait up to, up before this game. It's just not happening really on any level, is it? And it's, um, you know, we've been here before. A, a lot of us will remember, you know, not having to remember necessarily the really black times of, you know, your Mark McGee eras, your Craig Brown, your Alex Millers. It was like 94-95 when you've got a squad which, from the outside looking in, is a good squad, is a decent SPFL level squad, it just doesn't happen. And you find yourself at the bottom and you're hopelessly ill-equipped to deal with the sort of scrap that you get if you are at the bottom of the table. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, the, the that's what's going to come up. People are going to compare it to that, you know, to the squad we had in that 94-95 season, which, you know, that squad is night and day um, compared to what we have now. But um, you just... It's hard to see, you know, and again, as you say, like we should have, when we're supposed to be in the ascendancy in the game there, when you come back to 2-1, you get the goal, you know, you're hoping that their heads are maybe going to go down and you're going to be able to take take the game, just take control of the game. You know, it's 2-1, there's, there was still plenty of time to go. Impose yourselves on the game, at the very least, you know, get a point out of the game, for Christ's sake, get something out of the game. But instead, you get to 2-1, and you just you know, just fail to do anything to try and rescue the game for yourselves. Um, and yeah, the, and that came from you know, Dundee. You know, the goal. I mean, the goal came from Dundee, basically stopping doing what they'd been doing. And you know, the the rest of the game, they switched off for a spell that allowed us to get the goal. But we didn't. We didn't try. Well, we didn't try. We didn't you know, do anything to, to kind of will ourselves back into the game and get an get an equaliser. So never mind even a winner, and that's the that's the worry that you know you don't have those types of players. I mean, you you look at the squad; there is good players there, but there's players like I said before. There's players who've got their eye eye on the door, and and wanting out already. Um, you look at you no, know, you look at the guys that are going to are going to come off the bench and replace them. They're guys that like you know you look at you know if you look at someone like McGinn, who. You know, it's probably this is you know, probably going to be his last last season at Aberdeen anyway. Um, you know, I, I just think that we're really badly equipped for for a, for a fight 
we don't have that type of players. Um, you look at the look at the bench tonight. You know, like something like Jet comes on. You know, I'm not going to bang on about him again. You know, it's just you know, he's not good. No, he, no, not good enough. And that's not the type of players you need. You need players who are going to scrap and and fight for you. And we, I don't think we've got. No, I don't think we've got anywhere near enough of them. We've maybe got one or two, but it's it's really worrying. Emmanuel Thomas could be the reincarnation of Diego Maradona. We're getting three minutes tonight. I don't think he was about to do very much. No, if we no. agreed, Lewis, that um, that we're not going to see any drastic movements with regards to the manager, do you think we, do you think we might hear from our dear leader uh, this week? Do you think he'll get the, the sort of vote of confidence appearing on the website at some point? Hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see anyway I, d- I don't think so his last appearance was a tweet wasn't it a few days ago which has almost came across as a vote of confidence um, yeah. I'd prefer a chairman who never talks on Twitter whether it's good or bad just isn't even on it but the fact is when he, he's so chirpy when it's all going well the fact that he's silent when he's it's not going well is so much louder like he sets himself on the wrong foot from, from being so loud initially I think he, if he did, it would be telling if he did. I think he, there's probably a lot, quite a lot to read into it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be really interesting to see the next while what, what Cormac does and whether, I don't think it's unfair to say that he's got quite a big ego, but whether that means he'll stick by his own appointment or whether he'll side with the supporters who are clearly going one way now, it'll be really interesting to see. There has probably never been a managerial appointment that Aberdeen's so intrinsically tied up with the chairman as this one. As Lewis says there, no, I don't really want the chairman to be on Twitter. I don't want to be on social media. I mean, if he has to be on social media, look at, I mean, compare how he is to how Alan Burrows at Motherwell is. A real level-headed guy who just, you know, isn't there to get himself over, you know, and put himself over, which is what Dave seems to do. You know, he like appears when, appears when things are good. I mean, when lasted, no, same with Rob Wicks is another one. You hear from him when things are going well. Um, and then you no know, another one who just vanishes into the woodwork and is as quiet as a church mouse. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from them at all, unless it's on official club club statements on the website. It's it's embarrassing, um, to be honest. And you know, we all had a laugh about you no, know, oh, ha ha, I like Rowie's blah blah blah, and he became a bit of a meme. And all that was yeah, that was all hilarious because we weren't in the middle of a crisis at the time. You no, know, now we find ourselves in this position where we've got a manager who. Has been you no know, has been appointed because he is just absolutely li- interlinked with with the chairman and you know the the whole Atlanta thing. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna end it's gonna end badly. I mean, I think it can only end badly. I feel kind of bad for Stephen Glass because he's been put, given this job. Obviously, wanted it, felt he was good enough to do it, felt he had the skills and capabilities of doing it. There's no doubt about that. But it's be it's beyond his capabilities. I think that's more than more than apparent now. The chairman, because it's his pal, it's only going to end in tears. Well, one positive for Dave Cormack and the Cormack family was at least with the six o'clock kickoff tonight, it was a much more sociable time for him to watch the Dons over in Atlanta. Uh, and I'm sure the many millions of TV viewers across the United States has made the late switch very much worthwhile. Um, so that is our show tonight after Dundee 2, Aberdeen 1. Uh, I'm not going to roll out the statistics again. Needless to say, they're pretty grim. But not grim was Lewis Walker. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you. Slightly therapeutic, slightly depressing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is pretty much the tagline of our show, isn't it, Mark? <laughs>
Yeah, it's there. That's what we're here. That's what it's here for. It's the whole reason we started doing this all those six whatever six years ago, whatever, is just to to get it out of my system. Yeah, well, to be fair, Martin, we actually started the show on the back of us winning eight league games in a row. Other people yeah. start podcasts, we lose, we don't win for ten games. We, you know, the, the levels. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> levels. On that, good night, everybody. Keep the dons in your heart and come on, you reds. Right.